1: Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.
2: You're listening to the West White Podcast with Dagon X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker, and ex employee. This week we're blessed with only having the Larnaca game to reflect on and what a game it was. 4 0 on the night, 6 0 on aggregate, and we can now look forward to a quarter final against Ghent. We'll talk about that competition and more before getting news from X and answering questions from Patreons of the West Ham Way. It's been a nice break from the Premier League, made even better by a convincing win over Lanica on Thursday, which saw us go through to the quarter final. It's getting exciting now, isn't it?
3: Yeah, mate, definitely. It's a welcome distraction from the league, that's for sure. However, uh, obviously we've got an amazing record in Europe. Um I thought we played really, really well on Thursday. I mean, it's hard to judge because you're playing against essentially was I don't know really what the equivalent is? Maybe League One, maybe um, team. Uh, I don't know if I'm being harsh there or not, but certainly they're not a Premier League standard. And obviously they went no. down to t- ten men at forty-five minutes as well, and they were 2 0 down from the first leg, so everything was in our favour. But that's educated beat. What's in front of you? And I thought I thought they played played well. Some individual performances were good, and obviously European quarter-final. It's exciting to be in any draw for any cup at the quarter-final stage. And uh, yeah, got a decent route towards the final. If we're to get through and we've
2: got to, I think, fancy our chances now. Yeah, I think you have. You have to. I, I, do you know what? I always go as far as to say we've got to win this competition now. You know, if you look on paper, I think we've got the best side in the competition. Some of the teams that might have been rivaling us to, to win the competition are out. Um, the bookies have made us favourites to win the competition. We really have to go all out to try and win this now. Definitely. And it was just so nice. It was nice to see the players play With a smile on their face, they was enjoying their football the fans enjoyed it as well and it was just a nice night really um, who stood out for you? I thought Lanzini played really really well I thought he connected yeah. to
3: play brilliantly I thought he worked hard I thought he was looking to make things happen was energetic uh, creative uh, I mean obviously the, the headlines usually goes to the goal scorers so Bowen played well and obviously with Bama I thought looked lively when he came on and great for him to get a cheeky little finish there as well but I think yeah if I, I agree with the Patriots this this week and they voted man- Manuel Anzini as man well of the match and I think I agree I think he was really really good and it does ask the question whether going forward he's I mean I've sort of seen one performance but whether he should be considered to be starting from now on
2: well, you're absolutely right. And it's one of the questions. Um, We're looking at the bigger picture, actually, when it comes to Lanzini. And on that note, the patrons did vote for Manu with 51% of the votes, followed by Bowen with 21% and Scamsey, our old mate, Scamsey, with uh, 10%. But speaking of Lanzini, he did have a good game, really good game. And whilst we're only talking about Larnaca, should he still have a future at West Ham? Because as it stands, I think his contract's up in the summer. And I don't think we're looking to renew it but whilst he hasn't been quite the same player since his injury he's only 30 i mean mm. would you give him a new deal
3: i think it would depend on how much he was asking i think he's on about i mean i'm guessing this is a, a pure guess 75 to 80000 a week maybe even more i would expect for a sort of bit part player which he has been for the last 2 3 years to to be on a reduced amount from that but if he was prepared to do it for maybe 40,000, maybe even 50,000, I think I would consider it, certainly on a year's contract and you know, if we if whatever league we're in next year, if we are, if we do go down, if we stay up, if we're in Europe next year having his experience will be important and you know, we're very very few players left now that we're with West Ham at Upton Park you know, you've got Ogbonna um, you got him. You got Antonio Cresswell, and is that it from memory? Probably off the top of my mm. head, those four. Mm. So, um, so he's got you know a bit of history to his name as well. Was a great player until the injury. The injury did set him back, but I would, I would consider, I would consider it definitely. I think it would, like I said, depend on his what his demands were. But if he was to be reasonable for his age and how much he's playing, then I'd definitely consider it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, assuming he would want to stay, I think if we qualified for Europe again next season, maybe through winning the Conference League, um, I think I'd give him a new deal then. Because Mm -hmm. I think he'd feature in that. But if we didn't qualify for Europe, possibly not. I think is, is where my head's at with Man. yeah I think
3: um, I think you're right I think it'd be the thing when he goes if, we, if he wants to get relegated which I don't think we will by the way but if we do then I think his wages and his status would, wouldn't be right for the Premier League uh, for the Championship I don't think you need players like him in a Championship you need a different type of player to get you out of that league so if we get relegated unfortunately I'd release him if we stayed up and certainly if we've got a European
2: competition next year
3: I'd be much more willing to offer him a, a lower um, wage but a new contract.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's fair. Skamaka was back in action and he returned mm. with a goal. Where do you think he sits in the pecking order at West Ham? X Now he's back because we don't ever play two up top. So how much are we actually going to see of him if we have a fit Danny Inks and Mikel Antonio?
3: Well, I, I would guess that it, it wouldn't be my choice, but I would guess that he's um, third place behind those two. Now, what I found was a, li- a bit strange. Just the only thing I could really level in terms of criticism uh, of the performance and uh, of, the, of the manager and so on at the weekend, uh, sorry, on Thursday, was that he took Skarriker off so early. Now, he'd got a goal. He was looking quite lively. Obviously, he hasn't played and scored for a while especially with a break afterwards as well you know it's not like we were going Mm. to a Premier League game at the weekend I would have given him the full 90 you know let's see if he could get another goal build his confidence up build his match fitness up the manager's already talked about match fitness being an issue for him so then he has an opportunity to play 90 minutes in a pretty meaningless game uh, with a recovery period afterwards and he takes him off after 55 now it's great because Mbamba came on and obviously got his first goal for the club and he looks a prospect but I personally and they would have kept him on for the full 90s. So I was a bit surprised at that. But to answer your question, I think purely because Moyes loves Antonio so much. Antonio would be ahead of him. And then and as a result, Ings is more of a similar player to Antonio, so he'd fit our system. But I personally would try and get Skamaker into this team because I think he offers us a hold-up play, which none of the others can do.
2: Yeah, it's very true, mate. I mean, when you look at how good we're being told he is, when you look at the rumours, and I don't know how true they are, you know better than I do, that possibly Juventus are knocking on the door for him. Um, he's Italy's number nine. It's just um, it's just typical West Ham, really, that he, he 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 probably won't get a sniff now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you look at Moyes in the type of player that he wants, um, which makes sense with Mikau and, and Danny. He likes that industrious type uh, striker that can defend from the front and chase balls down. So, uh, like you, I I agree. I think he's probably third in the pecking order. And that does beg the question, what does that mean for him? How does he feel about that? Is he happy to compete and try and prove people wrong? Does he believe in the system? Does he think he fits into the system? You know, is he going to be looking to broker a move away in the summer? So many questions uh, around Scamsey. And, you know, one of them being, and we've touched on it in a previous show, the recruitment of Scamica, because he wasn't so for change, you know, he's a few Bob, Scamica, but mm-hmm. he's been brought in to ultimately be a third choice striker now, which I do find quite strange. And uh it's like I said in the Mad Dog podcast, you know, he's scored the same amount of goals as Antonio has scored, but he's played seven less games. So actually, does that make you think, well, in which case... Does he fit into our system then? It's so many questions. It's like it's it's a bizarre scenario, really, with uh, with Gianluca. But it was great to see some of our kids get a run out. Something we criticised Moyes, for not doing enough on last week's show. Mm-hmm. And uh, like me, I'm sure you were over the moon for um, Obama
3: yeah really pleased I think it's it's great you know whenever academy player comes through and performs well and makes contribution which he obviously did I think previous to this he's looked good as well he's looked lively what I like about him is he's clearly got pace but he clearly works hard as well um, and he's good he's, he seems to be good in the air he, he was a clever finish as well so I think he's shown a lot of potential now that that makes things interesting because there's a lot of talk that Antonio could go in the summer now if we for me if we get a decent replacement for him um, it, either it be by one or we have Mabama I'm, I'm happy because I think personally Antonio's career is coming towards the end at West Ham now mm. and I would like I mean no respect for what he's achieved at West Ham but I think uh, some of these youngsters are definitely the future you know I was going to talk about it in my section but there's some really really strong under 18 players there that could really save West Ham a lot of money um, and improve us a lot in the future I mean just off the top top of my head. You're already, you've got him, you've got George Earthy, Lewis Orford, you've got Oliver Skulls, you've got um Casey the centre back. Um you, you've got that five just off the top of my head that are really, really close. You've got the Star goalkeeper. Team. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. the goalkeeper he, he he got called in he, he, I how do pronounce him, but got called into the Hungarian national yes. team um this week. So you go through it mate there's like there's five or six very very solid players there. That's not even talking about Freddie Potts who obviously played as well in the game on Thursday. Um, And, you know, Connor Coventry is still technically our player. So you're talking there about seven or eight players um, that could potentially make it, and I'm sure there's another... um another academy player that I've just missed out there as well but certainly you know from the the future does look bright with them and I know we've thought that with previous uh, players coming through but there's never been the confidence and the evidence that we've got now these Mm. under eighteen sit miles ahead in there that's unreal isn't it yeah miles ahead they're in the FA Cup semi-final um, which just to give a bit of a plug for is the day after we play Newcastle Um, the first team play Newcastle it's at the London Stadium I think the uh, um, tickets go on sale today I believe um, the, uh, the the board think they'll only get 2,000 fans there I'd like to think we'd get 5,000 at least so I really encourage people to go there um, so that's on sale today I believe um, and you'll see some of these players you'll see some of the, the future prospects um, and yeah I think he he is one of them I, I really like his attributes as a forward from what I've heard about him I've never met him myself personally but from what I've heard about him he's meant to be a really really good lad as well like really humble really down to earth really hard working all the coaches really like him so he ticks every box really and those strikers are hard to find Um, but if he could be one it would be great you have to sort of see with him because West Ham bomb out strikers quite quickly from the academy I mean Martinez I don't know if you've seen he's banging them in in Portugal absolutely like on fire at the moment we barely gave him a chance Um, Elliot Lee obviously him and Freddie Sears Show potential, but never quite made it. But Martinez was definitely one that um, that has that potential to that West Ham and wasn't fulfilled. So hopefully going forward, we've got a clear strategic plan for these youngsters. And I'm talking Lewis Orford, George Earthy, Oliver Scarls, Mabama. Honestly, Casey, these people, these have a clear route. With success, carefully plan, because if we get it right... This could be a sort of West Ham, you know, when we had Defoe, Carrick, Cole, Johnson, um, Lampard, Ferdinand,
2: all all that era. This could be it if we do it right. It's a funny one with the academy, really, when you think about it, because without question, in my opinion... Academy players that have come through seem to almost be given one game. And if they don't set the world alight in one game, then they're bombed off. Mm. And, and that is a frustration for me, because I think that's just the complete opposite as to how you should be managing these kids. Yeah. But then that said, arguably with the exception of, um, Martinez, who you just mentioned there, we haven't actually lost anyone that I think was a mistake. So no. it, it, it's quite – maybe maybe Josh Cullen, actually. Maybe Josh yeah. Cullen could have done something yeah. for us. um You know, that, that that's a shout. But, yeah, I, I just think – I don't know. I, I like to see the introduction of these players, but I also like uh, – you know, it, it's almost like – I think it, with David Moyes, he has to manage him in a sense that if he genuinely believes in these kids and the academy coaches are saying, Dave, you know, you, you might want to look at this boy – then just put them on the bench with the full intention of not using them to be around the squad, to experience a match day, the bigger crowds, et cetera, the banter with the, the first-team players. Um, and then with, you know, your, your sort of uh, League Cup games or early-stage FA Cup games or European games, edge them into that a little bit. And then just, I suppose, just have a bit more patience with them because it just it doesn't seem to be something that we show our academy players. And you go through that process of, right, this kid potentially has something, but then they just get no chance really. They get one or two chances to make a difference. But if they don't, then it's almost like we do just ship them out, which is quite, it's frustrating. But then the counter argument is at the same time, like I just said, when we've done it, who do you look back in history and say we've got to bollock there you know they, they could have yeah. had a few West Ham it's a funny one isn't it it is it's a tricky one and you're right there are both those arguments but when you look back
3: at West Ham in the past obviously got the re- reputation of being called the academy and so on those academy players that did go on to make it as as we've both said got a lot more time and therefore they established themselves quicker didn't have the setback of being released didn't have the setback of you know some players are just better playing at a better standard than they are at a lower standard because the game is more mm. technical at a higher standard than it is at a lower standard and the better players as well Yeah, exactly and so if you're a creative player you you might be no good in the lower divisions because you might see passes that your forwards and your wingers or whatever can't see and then they, and they don't never get on your passes and because you're not a you know workhorse or whatever you might drop down and be no good you know look at look at Ravel Morrison I mean I'm, I know a lot of his is to do with attitude not necessary playing ability but when he was at West Ham he was like even at West Ham at Premier League level he was head and shoulders above a lot of the players on the pitch of him and then obviously he goes and plays for Derby and in Mexico and in Sweden and America and places like that you'd think he'd absolutely tear it apart because he's because he's that good but I know attitude was a big factor but technically he should still be a lot better than he is in those leagues but because the players around him aren't as good he, he can't show it and I think when you look at West Ham Academy players of the past that have made it I, I don't think if, if some of those academy players have been in the team like in this era I don't think we would have given a chance to any of them Steve Potts said like play at 5 foot 7 same height as me would have been bombed out because he was too small for yeah. a centre back no doubt Rio Rio Ferdinand I know people spoke about him a lot when he came through but he had a lot of mistakes in him he was a bit like Reese Oxford you know he had that sort of all the attributes but his contributions were like his concentration stuff wasn't great I think he would have quickly Frank Lampard Frank Lampard didn't do anything for about the first year or so at West Ham and then he started to score goals and even then you know he bombed him out for 11 million and of course he went on to be like you know Chelsea's greatest ever player arguably Um, I think you know even if you look through other players um, Joe Cole maybe had the skills but would they have trusted him enough Jermaine Defoe would have found a reason for him not to be in the team and and bombed him out I just think with modern football with everything's doing modern football it's so reactionary and it's so results driven for that particular time. There's very little long-term strategy. It's like we need instant success now. And that's because there's so much pressure on managers. Managers, you know, someone like John Lyle, for example, or Harry Redknapp back in the day, probably thought they were going to be West Ham manager for pretty much as long as possible, unless they absolutely fucked it up. Whereas now, David Moyes, you know, I know people say it started last season, but technically he's had one bad season, and pretty much the whole fan base hate him. And he, and he and he has to get results that the game against Southampton is so important so he can't think oh do you know what I might ease this guy in because maybe in a year's time I'll be able to play him he has to play whoever it is now and I think because everything in football has become so results driven so quickly and so much pressure on instant success youngsters of today have a harder job and I also think the abolishment of the reserve league system has also not helped them because they've not got that test against proven Premier League players until they get into the Premier League they don't have that gradual step up and I think those two factors make things harder for young players now and of course the influx of cheap foreign players that can do the job quicker because they're more experienced but maybe not as talented than the youngsters. those three factors make it a lot harder for youngsters now I'm sorry to go on but you look back at West Ham teams over the years look at the 1980 Cup final with the only foreigner in inverted commas was Ray Stewart yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. you know and you look through it and um, and and for years you know you look at football 20 25 years ago there's barely any foreign players so the youngsters got their chance and of course the and players have added so much to the game, so much in terms of discipline, in terms of dire, in terms of creativity, skill, flair. But what they have done is halted the progress of a lot of sort of very good youngsters. And I hope West Ham have a strategy in place to get this under-18 squad because they're clearly good. They wouldn't be that far ahead of the league against people of their own and age. it. Right? Yeah, exactly. So they're clearly good. We're just going to have the right strategy. Kenny Brown is a good man. So hopefully he, alongside Noble and others, will be able to do that for those lads.
2: I hope so, mate. I hope so. And on that note, you're quite right. I, I'm pretty sure that a fact from that 1980 Cup final was that we were the last team to win the FA Cup with an all British side. Mm-hmm. It's not English, but British, Um which is something to be proud of, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Last
3: no, championship right. side as well,
2: weren't we, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think no. you're right. Equivalent, second, to, second yeah, tier yeah. side. Yeah, no, I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think you're right. Um but yet money plays a massive part as well X because you know mm. what the problem that we 've got now that Johnny Lyle didn 't have in his day for example is the catastrophic financial consequences of going down
3: mm, you know, yeah. and,
2: and and I think it 's easier with European scouting networks etc to go out to across Europe to try and find that diamond in a rough or a superstar that 's maybe out of a favor uh, of his current club to bring them in rather than just give a youngster a chance. It's hard, Mm. I think, Mm. to make it top level English football than it ever has been, ever. Definitely, definitely. Which is why I've got so much respect for anyone that does, for any club. I mean, Mm. you look at our own club, Declan Rice, what a phenomenal achievement it is for him. What a phenomenal player to have come through and made the impact that he has and then gone on to represent his country. Unbelievable. How many Declan Rices we're going to have moving forward? I don't know. But, I, 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 honestly, I look at this academy now and the under 18s and what they're doing. Are they still undefeated? I don't think they've lost a the game, X, have they? Um, awesome.
3: I think they might. Uh, good question. I wish you'd ask me when I had time to have a look. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm on the spot. But um, I think, I think they have, you know, No, I'll have to. I thought they'd maybe lost one. Um. No, they've okay, lost I, two. They've lost I don't two. Know. They've oh, lost they two. They have lost two. Yeah, but right, they've won. Okay. Well, one six. I've just got it up quickly. They've won sixteen and lost two. And actually, I think their losses have come in recent weeks. Anyway, when they were so far ahead, anyway, that it did. I think it didn't really matter.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but it is exciting. It really mm. is. I mean, it, this is, the I think, the most excited I have felt about our academy in a long time. I think we've got some really promising kids coming through here. And, you know, Kevin Keene, who understandably didn't want to name them because you're putting unnecessary pressure on them, he said um at our event, our pre-match event, that uh, there's definitely three or four boys that will be knocking on the door. And that's fantastic, you know, because, you know, I, I think... <sighs> In recent years, it's almost been a little bit embarrassing to call ourselves the Academy of Football when you look at the amount of players that we haven't produced. But to potentially start looking at some boys coming through now, I think it's fantastic. I really do. But one negative X from Thursday night was the amount of empty seats in the Mm. stadium. Now, considering this was the knockout stage of a European competition, Mm. were you surprised to see the uh, stadium... Close to being half empty.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing
3: there were some factors to take into consideration. There was a train strike, um, that, that affected a lot of people. I know it affected a few of our patrons because they offered me tickets to give away to other patrons as a result of them not being able to get there, which is a great feature by the way, for those of you listening for yeah. free um, to this podcast on our Patreon. We have a, we give away tickets to games and we have a, a forum on telegram where, uh Patrons can swap and sell tickets to each other. So you are missing out by not doing that. But anyway, that's one of many features. Um, I think that was a factor. I think, um, I think obviously with the pricing of the tickets wasn't great. I think they, they, they corrected themselves after um, a period of time, but still my ticket. Cause I'm um, band one. I think it was about sixty quid, from what I can remember, um, and that is that is a lot of money to play in addition to the money you already pay for your for your season ticket. Um, so there are factors, however, and obviously the league performance. People are in the dumps, which just the biggest understatement ever, um, but there's, um, I think there are factors, but yeah I am disappointed, you know I find it hard to talk about the fans, because obviously as fans which both you and I are, we're sensitive to criticism of ourselves so I always have to be a little bit diplomatic to what I say I don't know if we've just become a little bit complacent or a little bit like and obviously, cost of living is a factor as well. I understand all these extra factors. But, you know, if you'd said to me as a kid, you know, I watched West Ham, my first season was nineteen, 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 ninety-one. 1991, that West Ham would be in a quarter, uh, like planes to be in a quarterfinals of a European competition, and a stadium would be half empty. I'd have been like, what? You know, this is a massive game for us, massive game. Now, obviously the capacity has doubled since when I was a kid, so it was easier to fill it then, but I I don't know, mate. I feel feel a little bit disillusioned with the fans at the moment, uh, uh, collectively. Um, I don't want to say too much, because it always gets me in shit from fellow fans, but there's such a negative vibe at the moment, and I know things aren't great at the moment, but I've supported West Ham in much worse situations than this m- much worse and I, I don't know, maybe maybe the more modern families which is obviously the voices you hear more on social media, have become more accustomed to West Ham being better than what they were when I was a kid and obviously playing at a new stadium we were promised that we would be better, so maybe the expectations have been risen to what they were when I was younger, but I've been buzzing for that game as, and I was, and mm. I was there, as were you so, I don't know, just, yeah, it's, it's something that the club definitely needs to have a think about why it is and what can be done
2: to address it. Definitely, yeah. I mean, look from a personal perspective, and again, I I know what you're saying, and I share the view that you don't want to have a with fans. You know, you, you don't because fans don't like it, and and you know there will be reasons as to why that stadium was was half empty. But just from a personal perspective, and I'm going to be brutally honest now, I took my little daughter there, who I've spent a long time trying to well I I say try to she's bought into it straight away so there's not much trying but convincing her that you know uh, about the history of West Ham, about the DNA that makes her up, about the fact that football isn't a sport; it's territorial, and um, and you go into these games, and and you know you've got another club coming to take points away from your area. You know, it really instilling the 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 beauty of football into her, and she's bought into it massively. And I've done quizzes with her about the history of West Ham and the current squad, and what who wears what squad number. I've really put the shift in, and then on Thursday night we go there. And um, I, I just found it a bit awkward at one point where my daughter says, well, wh- why, why are there so many empty seats? I've, mm-hmm. Dad, I thought it was a big European game. Like, mm-hmm. but don't we get into a quarterfinal if we win this? And I found myself having to lie to her. Mm-hmm. And, and I basically said, mean, I mean, it wasn't a lie because you just said it yourself. Oh, well, there's train strikes and I, I come out with something else or another. And, and I thought to myself, I shouldn't be saying this. Like this, this really, I mean, this is a European competition. How some people book this competition as pony, I'll never know. I, know, I, know. I would I would love to win this competition. Yeah. Mm. And and it's been flagged up on social media as well. Look at Jose Mourinho's reaction mm-hmm. when he won the conference league. I mean, this is someone that's been there and done it, you know what I mean? And he, he treated it with that level of respect. Roma are a massive football club. The players were buzzing to win that competition. You're telling me West Ham United. It would almost be embarrassing to, to win that competition. There's absolutely no way. I'm not having that whatsoever. So I've got to be honest, I was disappointed to see just how many empty seats there were. Okay. There were mitigating circumstances possibly, but I don't know. That said, I was a little bit disappointed, really. Um, mm. and I, I just think, you know, for us, I think we've, I think we've got a phenomenal away following. I really yes. Do. Yes. Away days. I think we're phenomenal West Ham fans. I think we're notorious for it. Home following, not great, not mm. great really, um, and and it, it just I don't know I, I find it quite upsetting really, and and I think you make a good point really. You look at the old school fan that have been there and done it and gone through the heartache, you know. I mean it's I know that in the late nineties we um, we sort of dipped our toe in the water with Europe, but since then other than last season, we haven't had that opportunity. So these, these, this competition and these away days and these home days in this competition are so special. And I think, to be honest, I'm a little bit confused as to why everyone just ain't jumping on this. Because you you talked about, I mean, I'll give you an example, right? Let's say the game against Seville, the return leg against Seville, there were train strikes, there was a cost of living crisis, tickets were expensive, I bet we still would have sold out for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had people begging for tickets, didn't you? Yeah, but but even if there would were train strikes and you know, logistic elements as to why people couldn't be there, I bet that still would have sold out. And I just think, I don't know, like, the chips are down. The chips are down at the moment. We're having a terrible season domestically. But we're smashing it in Europe. And I just think, you know, I know there's a difference between a fan and a supporter, and I just think you know, get, go to that stadium, get behind the boys, give them a confidence boost going into this break now, and just enjoy what, it, it, just enjoy a competition that you might not
3: see in a very long time. Yeah, well, seeing as you've got in with the knife, I'll help to twist it because you you can take, you can take some of the, what you, the the fact what you just said. I totally agree with what you just said, by the way. I just, I just held off saying it, but I totally agree with you. I find it really, really. Oh, disappointing! Really disappointing. I've seen people say, "Who cares if we win this? It's a Mickey Mouse thing." But as you said, <laughs> uh, This is West Ham fans. I mean, not opposition fans, which you think it'd be. West Ham fans. Uh, um, you've got people that the uh, like literally at the weekend. You know, the results weren't too bad for us. You know, they could have been better. Obviously, every team in the relegation battle could have lost. They didn't. You know, Tottenham as per bottled it and things like that. And obviously, Southampton got a point. But on the whole, they weren't bad. Palace got battered. Um, you know uh, what's her face lost as well walls to keep them in it although that would have been better to have, to have been a draw of course Everton would have been better to so have been a loss they weren't disastrous and I just saw this like complete meltdown Bournemouth lost as well complete meltdown on social media like we're doomed this all for basically it's like almost like end of the world scenario and of course we're in a very difficult situation there's no hiding from it and people have been saying that oh, we going to take us down Maybe he will take us down. I personally don't think he will. You know, I've said Palace will get sucked into this. Look at their situation. They, they scored one goal in four games or whatever. They got battered yesterday. They were thinking about appointing a man that they got rid of two or three years ago because they thought he wasn't good enough and he's 75 now. I mean, this is, they're in a desperate state. Leicester's in a desperate. I think just by default, of the other teams will be okay. And then if you take that aside, we are in the European quarterfinals now and we've got a, a Match which we should win, um, it's it's not that bad, but I'm reading stuff online and I'm just, I can't, I literally cannot go on Twitter at the moment, I can't read it, because I just sit there and I think, my God, you know, what is going on here, This negativity all the time, it isn't great, I accept that, and we shouldn't be in the position we are, and, then, and if we lose to Southampton, then it is going to be quite a desperate situation in the league, but as you said, this game on Thursday, It's a welcome distraction. And ultimately, if we'd had a good season, you know, let's say we were eighth, seventh, even sixth, we'd be playing to try and get into Europe. So we're in Europe and doing well in it. Why are we not celebrating what we'd ultimately be playing for if we were doing better in the league? It yeah. just, it just, yes. just it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. No, you're right. right? You're you know, right. Because you know, we, we'd be going, oh, we might get into Europe. If we finish seventh, we might get the Europa League. Or if we finish sixth, we might get the Europa League. Obviously, we're not going to get Champions League this year. I mean, if we get seven, it'd be brilliant. It's so true, Rex. Well, we've got that. And if we win the Conference League, we'll be in the bloody Europa League next year. But this but this season, <laughs> oh, no, we don't care about that this season. We don't care about us, Mickey yeah. Mouse. Who cares? I'm mm. just like, God, I, I can't. I can't get my head around it personally. And I, I'd give anything to go back to when you know I remember West Ham fighting relegation. battles. I've seen us relegated three times before. I'd go back so much So having that time where you know fans were. We are in the shit, but let's try and get us out of it rather than just the absolute mood hoovers that seem to dominate a yeah, lot I, of
2: social media and stuff. Absolutely, mate. And, and I like to think I'm not one of them. Mm. However. I do think it's that bad. Domestically, yeah. I do actually agree that it's that bad because we are a point off bottom of the league. Yeah, but by because... mo- you're not going on social media and moaning about it. Oh, no, no no, well. no, 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 and no, I, that... no, oh, oh, I'm not. And, and the people you're talking about are right. They're attention seekers. They want followers. They probably, I, I don't even know if they watch the game, let them go. But, you know, I, I, but in terms of how bad things are, they are terrible in the sense that, if you look at the sort of mini separate league of the relegation candidates, because there are quite a few. Do you know, I was looking at the table legs. I can't remember at this stage of a season, a closer relegation. No, I can't. Man. So many different teams. And, um, and I just look at those teams and I look at the squads they've got. And I honestly think we're so superior to them. And that's what worries me. Because we are so superior to them on paper, yet fundamentally something is rotten that is causing the issues that we've got. And I think I know the answer. I do think it's David Moyes. And a fallback of that is David Sullivan because he's not tackling the problem. But we've covered this on previous shows.
3: But when you look at Crystal Palace, why do you think they're going to appoint a manager that they then sacked or got rid of two years ago who's 75 and none of their fan base want? It seems...
2: Well, I, I, you'd have to ask Crystal Palace fans out. I don't know. But then again, it does go back to the theory that I've got that sometimes when the rot sets and players just need a change, a new face, new training regimes, someone friendly to talk to, you know, it just, just the, the, the minor attention to detail, you know, I think it was, it was, um, I probably shouldn't name him actually, but it was an ex player that said to us actually on a public podcast, I think, but I still won't name him. And he said, um, he said that the West Ham players, like, I'll give you one example. West Ham players have to stay over in a hotel the night before a home game. And they don't like doing that. They'd rather be at home with their families and drive to the game. Little things, little things like that. Let's say that that was the case with Crystal Palace. If Roy Hodgson comes in and he instantly says, right, we're going to scrap that. You spend time with your families and then I'll see you in the morning. Little things. You put three, four, five of these things together. If you've got the players, and that's, that's the big if. If you've got the players, someone fresh coming in, making certain changes, whether it's, tra- whether it's cultural, whether it's training, whatever it may be. The players will do the rest. And I'm a firm believer with West Ham, we've got that good a squad of players that the players will do the rest if someone new comes in. I genuinely believe that. So that's why I do think it's that bad. I hope and pray, and I've got every single digit crossed, that Moisey will have enough to finish fourth from bottom. But I'll be honest with you, X, I'm Fifty-fifty at the moment. I think we'll stay up.
3: Um, sorry, I do. Uh, maybe I'm being overly confident, and people will, it will obviously hugely come back to haunt me. If 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 we do go down, like, I told you, I told you, told you. At the moment, another thing that seems to stitch into West Ham culture is a very much a, "I told you so" attitude. When and so it's like fans want what they've thought would happen to happen, even if it's negative, just to prove a point. But I am. Um, I think we'll stay up. When you look at that league table, I honestly believe that Crystal Palace are in big trouble. I think Leicester are in big trouble. I think, despite getting a few decent results recently, we see beating Liverpool. I think Bournemouth, I think Forest are in trouble. You know, Forest losing two-one at home to Newcastle when they were one nil up. That's a that's a significant result. You know, Wolves just lost at home to Leeds. Southampton lost their two centre backs at the weekend. I don't know how injured they are, but they both got subbed off before half time and through in both their centre backs. You know, we've still got to play Southampton, we've still got to play Palace, we still got to play Bournemouth, we've still got to play Leicester, we've still got to play uh, it Leeds, we, I can't remember. I've no mind play no played Leeds both times, but but we've still got a number of those fixtures. It's definitely within our hands. I think we'll get enough to stay up. And it's more the fault of the other teams. Um and I know some of them are starting to show a bit of fight but they're not they might be showing fight but they're not getting Three points over the line every time. I just think I feel comfortable enough that our squad is fit now. Unless something happens over the international period, we've got a and Zuma back, which we haven't had all season. We've got Skamaka, Ings, and Antonio. And well, Antonio is a bit of a debate on, but we've certainly got at least two of them. We've got Corney coming back. I just, I just feel that we'll have enough to start, and I think we'll do well in Europe. And actually. I'm almost thinking that by the end of the season, if we stay up, which I think we'll even do better than that, I would go that we'll finish 15th or 14th, something like that. If we stay up and win the Conference League, you could argue it's been a good season. I, don't know, I think that'll be the debates we'll be having in the summer.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think you made some really good points there. I mean, talking about the competition itself... Like I've said, I, I genuinely believe that we're the best team left and we're the bookies' favourites, which um, speaks volumes. We're unbeaten so far. The gaffer always plays a strong side in Europe. I, I definitely think we're in with a shout, but I don't know. The, the one thing that that worries me a little bit with this European competition, and again, this is a funny one. If you look at the Europa League campaign last season, David Moyes categorically overachieved to get to the semi-final. So to, to overturn... Seville over two legs was incredible T- to do the same to Leon was incredible so that was an overachievement to get West Ham United into the semi-final of the Europa League I would never ever take that away from him but what I would say is once he got to that stage I actually think he underachieved because mm. in the semi-final he's gone to a bang average Frankfurt bang average Frankfurt they were treading water mid-table in the German division and we absolutely flunked. We burnt out. We, we, we blew it. And if you get past Frankfurt, you play Rangers. And I'm not for one second saying that's an easy game, but I think you'd fancy that. And if you win that, you're in the fucking Champions League. Mm. So it's a really weird one last season. We had some fantastic memories, some fantastic results, but we've done the fucking hard work. We've beaten the big boys. we beat Seville, We beat Leon. Get to Frankfurt. We fell away. And that's the only thing that worries me a little bit about this conference league is that, you know, we've got a good quarter final draw there, but then when we get to the semis and maybe even the final, are we gonna lose a game that we shouldn't be losing? And time will tell, I suppose. And that brings me to ask you about the quarterfinal draw. Could have been worse, could have been better, what's your fault?
3: Um, I think it could have been a lot worse personally. I mean, at the end of the day, um we've beaten Anderlecht twice this year. Um now I know that um they're above Adelect in the league, but you know, the Adelec game um wasn't wasn't hard. We were comfortable in that. Um uh, are a bigger team. Um traditionally, historically, than, than, um, than Ghent. I know the league table doesn't show up. I think Ghent are about fourth and Adelaide's kind of like mid-table, but that alone shows, shows that we can, that we should be able to do well against them. When you look at the teams we beat last year, we beat Seville, we beat Lyon, they're much higher calibre than, than that team. Um And I just think, I just think it's a good draw. I think mean, we'll, we'll, we'll probably win both legs again. Then we get to the semi-final and it's likely, I hope, because I don't want to play Anderlecht, so I don't do, even if they're a weaker team, that it'll be the Dutch side, and then they're doing quite well this league, this season, and I think they'll be more of a challenge than some probably realise, and then the final, yeah. the final, you'll probably argue, will be Fiorentina looking on the team's left, and they're about mid-table in the Italian league. I, I just think this is a perfect chance for us, and, and the, what the players will be able to do is forget about what's happening in the league you know the, the players have all taught Declan Rice particularly that he wants to win things and have trophies at the end of his career now these players have got the chance to do that yes some might say it's not a major European trophy but it, but it is major enough for like you said Jose Mourinho to be to get a tattoo of it I think it and is stuff.
2: a trophy there's fucking yeah. absolutely no two ways about it it's a major trophy
3: yeah exactly and West Ham fans in the past didn't turn their nose up at winning the Cup winners cup which incidentally is our only um, European trophy that we have of any note Um, you know we celebrated winning the Intertoto Cup sometimes we used to celebrate winning the Betway Cup you know so like things are things are I don't know I don't know how our standards have changed so much when we haven't won anything in that time but anyway I I hope that we can um, we can do the job in that competition and then if we stay up you do have to ask yourself has that been a good season or not because the amount of times since we've been doing this podcast we've answered the question would you rather West Ham won the cup and went down or um, you know stayed up and didn't win the cup well if we do both of them then it has to be considered a good season of course the league has been a disappointment and you'd expect it to improve massively next year but you could definitely you could definitely stomach that if it meant we went and won a European cup and got into the, the Europa League again and um, and I just think we've got to see what we do. doing oh, the Southampton go I know we've said this countless amount of times and we want to see have we like you know singing the same song over and over again but the Southampton game is absolutely huge if we beat that if we beat them then the league table looks a lot better then we play Newcastle in the midweek that will give us momentum and then we got Fulham so that week where we've got those three games I think it's just going to be absolutely massive and we can pick up seven points from that that will be huge we don't have to even pick up nine seven points from that will make that league table look very different
2: hmm Mm, I mean, it's, it is such fine margins. I mean, we're literally talking a couple of results away from knocking on door of the top 10. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I mean, but but then we're one point away from the bottom. Um, Mm. I mean, it's, it's a crazy old season, really.
3: Oh, it's horrible. Um, It's stressful as hell. I hate these seasons because so much rides on it. Like, you know, your, 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 your mental health, your, our business, our, um, you know, the the dealing with negativity, um, players staying for attendances next year. It's, it's, it's absolutely huge that you stay in this league. But um, I just think if we can turn well it's almost like some people want us to lose so they can moan about David Moyes and moan about Sullivan or whatever if we can shift that attitude to yeah i don't like Moyes or yeah i don't like Sullivan and this person could do a better job but whilst i'm there i'm going to give it 100 percent. get behind the lads come on we can do this then i think we will do it i really do and and i just hope we do and i'm sure i'm confident we will
2: I hope so well congratulations to Jarrod Bowen who by scoring two goals on Thursday became our all-time leading scorer in the European competition which is impressive and I think he's starting to get somewhere near back to his best now isn't he would you agree Mm. with that
3: yeah honestly his performance against Aston Villa was his best performance of the season um, because he was running at the players taking players on getting down that byline creating opportunities and then he's followed it up um, with two goals against um, in Europe and that, for that header was a brilliant header by the way particularly for a guy it who's was. A, who's, was. A, who's a wing and oh, so obviously heading not Ever going to be one of the attributes he needs, um, particularly. So that was that was a great finish. Um, I think I think he's starting to look good, and this this is what gives me hope, mate. To look for another positive, Bowen starting to hit a bit of form. I think Pequeta or Pakatan starting to look better. Corne is coming back. Zuma and Agued are looking. Uh, well, start to have a have a partnership now. Um, Scamica is coming back, and obviously scored as well. Um, I just think there's a number of things now that we have that we didn't have before and you know it was it was later than this or probably actually around right about this time that the great escape was staged when Carlos Tevez started to play well and Mark mm-hmm. Noble did and James Collins and Bobby Zamora and Robert Green and we were in a much dire position then I think we were like 10 points off staying up and I yeah. swear I swear things weren't as a negative then you know there was a 2000 and what 7 so it's not that long ago that I can remember it and I you know I was that old trap from that last season when we stayed up, I went home and away for all those games, and I don't remember it being like this. And we are literally what? What is it? A point above from um, staying up now? Is it even goal difference? It's it's uh, a point, yeah, a point from being out of relegation. zone so we're starting at a much better point. If we can almost just write off what's happened before in this season in the league and start afresh, as this is this is our mini league now. There's there's eight teams from Palace to Southampton in this battle now, and if we pick up enough wins we'll stay up let's start it from this point going forward and we'll stay up we will we've got the squad to do it the manager might not be the greatest manager for us um, and getting the best out of the squad but the players are good enough to do it if they just perform on the
2: pitch properly um, and I think we will hopefully yeah. The next pre-match event, and possibly the last one of the season, is on Sunday the 16th of April, before the Arsenal game. As always, it's at O'Neill's in Leightonstone. Stone. It'll be hosted by Mark Wald. And a special guest for the live Q&A will be club legend Julian Diggs. Tickets are available online, and if you're a patron, you can pay on the door at a discounted rate. I'm looking forward to this one, X.
3: Yeah, buzzard, mate. It'll be really interesting to hear from Julian. He's, since we last did an event or a podcast with him, he's got the Watford... Uh, experience behind him now working with Slav again and and all of that and he's got a book, a book coming out which he'll talk about and it's always great to get Julian's opinions on things because you know he would have worked with a number of those players that are still at the club, um, he would have worked under Sullivan he doesn't hold back, he tells you exactly what he thinks so mm-hmm. you know, if you're a fan going to that Arsenal game, you're going to get a real um, interesting event
2: and very good value for money so I think I would encourage you to, to go yeah it'd be really good it's funny you know I spoke to John Artson the other day and when I called him obviously my name flashed up and the first thing he said when he answered the phone was you're not looking for arts in the kitchen that get you out of the shit again are you Dave <laughs> did <I>? he? <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was brilliant to yeah, be sure. yeah that's a good line to be fair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it'd be a good event that uh, it really will so looking forward to it and I hope to see as many of you there as possible which like I say could be our last one of the season okay is that time again